0: thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. In depth Bible studies because I need to address something that's out there that is, is commonplace, because here in my discussions with people, here's, here's what I discovered at some point in almost everyone's life, especially if you grew up in church even, like especially you, you have some type of moment, some type of conversation, some type of encounter where you begin to doubt the whole thing. You're like, wait a minute. Really? You know, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If something you read, something you saw, a conversation you had, and you're like, maybe I don't believe. Well, well that is kind of crazy. Well, maybe that is true about science, or maybe this, and, and you go through doubts. Now, some of you in this place, I know this too, you're here because your spouse drags you here, and you're like, I don't even know if I believe this stuff, but hey, look, I got I to gotta get... You know, I got to be married and I don't want to kick me out of bed tonight. So, I, you know, I, I'm here, but I don't even know how much I engage or how much I believe. Or I believe, you know, some things, but I don't know if I believe all things. And you, you kind of have this, this level of, of doubt That I want to say is reasonable And when you look at some of those questions when you think about you know Where does this all come from and what about the Bible and what about Jesus and what about all this stuff? There's some legitimate questions out there There's some reasonable doubts and I just want to be able to address those things And the reason why I won't be reading from the Bible today is because whenever I encounter and have conversations with people I made this mistake very early on Somebody asked me a question that was a was a a skeptical person an atheistic person They didn't believe in God and my first line was well, you know the Bible says and he was like Well, I don't care what the Bible says so I thought, well, let me address some things first and foremost without necessarily having to say that the Bible says, because if you don't believe the Bible, then whatever I say from the Bible is kind of irrelevant to you. And so let's just, let's just kind of start there. And again, this all comes from not only something that I've experienced in conversations and, and personal encounters, but this is kind of a trend that's going on in America right now. So in America, there's some recent studies that show that basically when you look at people that are checking off boxes... That you are having people really move away from Christianity and they're moving into these different categories. So kind of now is maybe more than ever in American history, we have people that fall into one of these three categories. So one of them would be people that check the box, well, I'm an atheist, and, and again, if I mess up your definition of atheist, just forgive me in advance, please. Um, but atheists would basically say, I don't believe in God, I don't think God exists, or, you know, whatever. Agnostic is like a I don't know, a milder version of it, in essence, where you would say something along the lines of, I don't think there's sufficient enough evidence for you to believe in God, but I really don't know. That could be somewhere somewhere in there. And then a lot of people just say, I'm, I'm nothing. What do you believe? I don't know no, I don't believe nothing. No, I believe nothing. Do you believe in God? I don't know. Do you not believe in God? I don't know. I just believe in nothing. So, I, And I don't really want to talk about it, and I don't have answers, and I, I've never really thought through this. I just know, like, I, I don't know that I love everything with atheism, but I know I don't love everything with religion and and quite frankly, I don't blame you on that one so, too much. So because what, what's interesting is, is out of these three categories, the one that's actually the, the one that's on the rise is not Everybody said nothing. nothing. So people that like just nothing in particular, like nothing. And it's in the funny thing is, is that the people that are checking the nothing box for the most part are people that are moving away from Christianity in particular. And this is talking about America, Because what they're saying is this, is they're saying, hey, I I did the religious thing or my parents took me to church or whatever. I tried it and it just didn't work, which means this. This is my fault. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm responsible for this. Like, I'm the pastor. I'm the leader. I'm supposed to represent Christianity. So apparently people like me have messed this up. And the reason why I'm confident in saying that people like me have messed this up is because when you read the life of Jesus you see the exact opposite. So I'll give you an example. So Jesus would go hang out with people who weren't believers necessarily in anything, but they loved him. They thought he was the best. They enjoyed his company. They enjoyed his presence. They really were open to listening to him. And so you you could say it like this, is that people who were nothing like Jesus actually liked Jesus. But you can't necessarily say that about religion or, or, or the religious version of Christianity because people, like, uh, we're, we're kind of a turnoff at times. We're kind of obnoxious at times. We You know, we, we have a stigma at times. And so there's something about what we're doing that is different than what Jesus did. And Jesus never compromised his truth or what he believed or what was right. He just had incredible attractiveness to who he was and what he was doing. And there's something that the church has lost about that. So the, the other thing that's interesting is that this is the thing I really want to talk about today is this, because if you find yourself in that nothing category, um, the reason why I want to talk to you specifically today is this, is because I almost kind of need to warn you a little bit about like what you're getting yourself into. And, and, and here's why. It, it, all of life is like this, by the way. Um, and, and there's nothing worse than when like you get into something and then you weren't prepared for it. And then your friend or buddy's like, oh yeah, no one told you? Like, well, you sure didn't. Like, I remember when I had my third kid, and like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed with having a third kid. And then I'm with my buddy who's like a counselor, like a family and marriage counselor, we're hanging out, having Chinese food. And I'm like, he's like, hey, how's life going? I'm like, ah, oh, man, this third kid thing, wow, holy cow. And he goes, oh, nobody told you about that? I'm like, well, you sure as heck didn't tell me about that. And so, so sometimes, like, like, so this is why we do pre-marriage class, because I need to, like, prepare you for what you're getting yourself into, right? It's not what you, it's not what you think. All the married couples, can I get a... Yeah, yeah, it's not, is not... It's not what you think. It's something different. Like having children, I need to prepare you. You know what 3 a.m. feeding's like? You know what? Changing diapers. Like you, you need to be prepared. You ever been to Vegas? Okay, I need to, I need to prepare you for what you're getting yourself into. So there's just all kinds of different things that you need to prepare because atheist beliefs. So, so, so here's why this is so important. Let's say you, you find yourself in the nothing category. This is what I would say to you. You need to be careful because to walk away from something... Basically, you can't walk away from it without walking towards something else. Does that make sense? Like, I'm over here in Christianity. Okay, now I'm kind of done with this thing. You can't walk away from that without walking toward something else. And and what you're walking towards has implications. Like, we know that as adults. Like, I, I try to teach my son this. This is really frustrating when you have kids. Um, they don't understand that, like, what they're doing or what they're saying has implications implications like like my son just says stuff sometimes i'm like no 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 you can't say that well, why not because, because it implies that they're dumb you know something like that or or you just like this, this is this is really bad like because it's football season so i have to like retrain him now that's football season have you ever like had the game recorded and you don't you're like don't tell me what the score is you don't check facebook for a while it's the only time you don't check facebook Because you don't know what it was because you got it recorded, right? So I tell my son, you can't tell me anything about the game. Don't say anything. And so I'll come home and I know the game's recorded. I'm like, don't don't tell me anything. And he'll say something like this. He goes, okay, I'm not going to say anything. But just so you know, you're going to like it. And I'm like, no, no. Yes, but no, you ruined it for me. And he goes, what, what? I don't understand. I'm like, "You, you, you don't understand that what you said meant this. Like it has implications, right? Walking away from God has implications you're saying something even though you're not really saying something does that make sense you're you're implying things even though you don't really even know that you mean to be implying things and i hope i'm probably confused you so let me just walk through this because i'm going to show you what it means or what the implications are or what the what the tenets of the atheistic faith are because it is kind of a belief system right like it is i'm not saying it's a faith although i think i'll show you today you have to have some faith to be atheist you, you do and and then also it just it's complex. It's a series of beliefs. You have certain things. Now you might be in the nothing category, but you don't know that you are ascribing to certain certain beliefs. So let me just walk you through like this. Is, and this isn't what I say. So again, this doesn't come from the Bible and this doesn't come from me. So I'm gonna quote a bunch of other people. There's basically like um, this this whole what they call the new atheistic movement. There's like four main guys that lead and spearhead this in terms of like figureheads. I think they're called the four horsemen of the apocalypse or something like that. I, <laughs> No, no, they, they really have like their own little nickname. It's like Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins and uh, the late Christopher Hitchens. And then there's one other guy with a big white beard, really killer beard. But any, I don't remember his name. That's rude for me not to remember his name. I'm sorry. Um, but, but these guys kind of paved the way because science has opened up new understanding and new information and there's new insight into the, the physics and the universe and the complexities and all that. So we've got even more information now on what it means to be an atheist. So we're just going like to cover this and some of them are going to be like, oh yeah, totally, I knew that. And some of them are going to be like the implications of that. So here, here's one. If you're an atheist, then in essence what you believe is this. You believe that something came from nothing. Right? Because because if there's no God, then God didn't create anything, because there is no God, but something came from nothing. Because when you look like like the, the vast majority of science all agree that the universe had a singular starting point. And at that singular starting point, the universe began to expand. And so because it's constantly expanding, you can retract it to a singular starting point. So about roughly a, a different estimates, but like let's just say 14 billion years ago. Um, there was a singular starting point to all space, time, and matter. And before that, we don't know. And you really can't even say before that, because before that is like a time phrase, right? But we, don't, we can't even say before that, because before that, there was no time. So it's just, what, whatever's over there, ahead of, I don't even know, I can't even say that. But anyway, it, it basically, you, you have to believe that something came from Nothing. And that's just kind of one of the things that you believe. And then, and then like when people are, are challenged, because there's no answer to this. No one has an answer as to like what was going on before, which you can't say before, or what was going on, how did, how did this all happen? So they have like these theories that they come up. Well, maybe there's an oscillating model where the universe is contracting and then expanding. And they, maybe 14 billion years before that, it was, it, anyway, there's that idea. There's, there's the multiverse idea. It's kind of different ideas, that, but nobody really knows. You just know that at some point, something, because right, when you look around you, when you touch the chair, your body or your neighbor or whatever it is, that's matter, right? That came from nothing. That's just what you believe. That's okay. I'm not not saying you're wrong. I don't know. I wasn't there. Number two is this, is you also believe not only did something come from nothing, but that life came from no life, right? Because you believe that something came from nothing, that at some point something turned into life, so remember, there was nothing, and then there was something, and then something turned into life. Now, that's weird, too, because to me, that's even a bigger leap in my mind. Now, I'm not smart, but I, in my mind, like, nothing, and all of a sudden, there's something. Okay, that makes sense. But how do you turn a rock or matter into life? That's different, right? Like, that's, that, but that's what you, in essence, believe, that, that life came from no life. And I forgot who said this, but basically, he said, lifeless matter turned into the digital elegance of DNA. Like, that's what happened. No, I mean, that's, that's what you believe. I'm not trying to make fun. This are what, this, and this isn't what I say. This is what they say. Because I don't know this stuff. I, I have a degree in theology. So what do I know? So number, number three is this. Is that natural selection, this is what you learned in biology class, right? Sophomore year. Uh, Mr. Burris. That was my biology teacher. He's a great guy. Anyway, natural selection is responsible for all life after first life. So you had nothing, and then you had something, and then something turned into something that was alive. And then that life eventually morphed into a different kind of life that morphed into a different kind of life that eventually you went from a single cell organism of some kind into a full-blown functioning human being, right, over 14 billion years. And so that's just the way, because that's what Darwin said, right, that there's basically this evolution. So you went from no life or no matter to matter, and then matter turned into life, and then life evolved into your good-looking self. So that's, in essence, what atheists believe. Now, again, there's implications to this, though, and the, the more we understand about... The universe, this is, this is what we begin to understand. And I didn't say this stuff. I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not telling you that I say this stuff. I'm saying other people say this stuff that are smarter than I am. And what they say is, is that, and again, this is scientific people and physics people and, and atheistic philosophers, because number four is this, is that because of no, li- or no matter to matter and no life to life and then life evolving over a, a period of time, that really, number four is this, there is no mind. Right? So when we talk... Be like, you know, hey, what's going on in your mind? You know, your mind is like your, your self, right? Or your, your soul or your consciousness or, or whatever. Like the way Sam Harris describes it is this. He basically just flat out says that self is an illusion. The idea that you're inside of your body, right? And that, or you're inside, you ever feel like you're inside your head and that you're observing things or you're inside of your body and stuff is happening outside of you? He goes, that's just an illusion. There is no self, which is kind of like saying there's no Ashley. Your your biology. You know, don't get me wrong. You have a brain. When I said you don't have a mind, I'm not saying you have a brain. You have a brain, but that's just biology, right? Mind would be the conscious soul or self or sense of self within your person. Does that make sense? Am I, I feel like I'm confusing myself. So. So so there is no Ash. There's no Todd. You know. There's no Rocky. There's no. There, you're just biology, and you think of yourself as a self, but really that's just an illusion. that, that in essence. As a matter of fact, Hitchens, Christopher Hitchens, when he was on his um, when he was on a deathbed, I don't know if you know this or not, but Christopher Hitchens got a form of terminal cancer. And so he began to chronicle what happened to him in the days and weeks and months leading up to his death. And he describes in his book something very, very interesting because he said when the doctor's would speak to me, he said that they would say things like, well, your body is doing this right now. Your body is fighting this and your body's reacting like this. And he said that I eventually stopped him and I said, quit saying my body is doing something. I am my body. So that gives you an idea of like, there's no self that's separate than the body. It's just, you're just body. You're just biology. So anyway, just something to think about. So so, not only is there no mind or no sense of self, there's just biology, there is no free will. Like this is what they would call determinism. And, and what, what Sam Harris would go on to tell you is that ultimately everything in the universe is determined. So like you didn't choose that the universe began, you didn't choose where the planets fell, you didn't choose where you fell on that planet, you didn't choose what family you you came from on the planet that you didn't choose. You didn't choose, your, like the cells in your body, you didn't choose those. And so in essence, what they're saying is, is that because of this, you actually have no free will. As a matter of fact, this, I, I, I put this in here. Free will is an illusion. The universe is pulling your strings. Now, I, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying you don't have free will. I'm saying that they're saying that because of, because again, to walk away from God... You can't walk away from God and really walk towards nothing because nothing doesn't actually exist, right? So you're walking away towards something, and what you're walking away towards is in essence saying, well, I'm either a materialist or a naturalist or whatever term you want to use for that, but you're saying, I don't believe that there's any supernatural divine being that created anything, therefore there's just matter, and if there's just matter, then you're a matterist, right? So that's not, that's not a word. Um, but, but it has implications, and one of the implications is, again, there's no mind, there's no self, um, as a matter of fact, Dawkins says it like this. Dawkins says DNA, like the stuff that makes up your biology and who you are, DNA neither cares nor knows. It just is, and we dance to its music. So, like you, so like you are just dancing to the music of your own DNA. So, if you ever wondered why you're weird, or why you're special, or why your neighbor's that way, or why that person's like that, they're just they're just dancing to the music. Of their DNA, which is funny because, again, this has implications. Think about this. So Sam Harrison is in his in his podcast, uh, and I've even seen this him, him say this in a debate. He was he was debating somebody, and he was in essence saying that while he was debating another person, that it dawned on him why am I upset with the fact that they believe what they believe? They didn't get to choose that belief anyway. Which makes sense, right? Am I tripping? Okay, so, and, and number six, now this is, this is the weirdest one, um, or the hardest one to grasp. Now, every one of us walks around, even if you believe in atheism, you still kind of think of yourself as a self, as a person, you're still Bob, or Tom, or Billy, or Tyrone, or whoever you are, and so, and then, and then also, you, you know, you feel like, okay, I feel like I woke up and I chose that outfit, but Sam Harris said I didn't, so I, I don't know, and then now this one's even the hardest one, because the last one is this, is that, number six is this, there is no value. Value is an illusion, it doesn't actually exist. Like there's nothing, like we ascribe value, but that's the only value that there is. Because ultimately, if you came from nothing, right, and by the way, I hate to dampen your spirits on a Sunday morning, you'll return to nothing because as the universe expands, it's using up all the energy in the universe to where eventually we'll basically be a graveyard of, of burnt out stars and black holes. So we're going to return to nothing, and so, if there's nothing, and then there's nothing, then the only thing in the middle is no true value. It's just whatever ascribed value you give it at the time. Does that make sense? And so, and and then this it goes even deeper than this. So really, because there's no such thing as value, the other thing that there really is is no such there's no such thing as justice. You ever thought about that before? Like, there's no sense of justice. Like, and, and you want there to be justice. So everything within you makes you feel like no, this there's got to be justice. There's got to be, you know, because like. If you did something wrong, or let's, let's make it personal. If I did something wrong to you, you would want there to be some type of justice. Like, like in this system where there's no value, there's actually no morality. Morality is just something, put, put it this way, there's no objective morality that supersedes all things or all people. Does that make sense? There's just your morality or subjective morality, or we, you would really just say it like this. It's just your preference, really. So, like, you think that it's wrong to go and annihilate an entire group of people. And, and I would say that's evil and that's immoral. But if you were truly an atheistic believer, meaning, like, not only did you believe it, but you bought in, you, you actually couldn't say that's immoral. You could just say, well, it's not my preference. I'd prefer that. So, like, if you come into my house and steal all my stuff, I mean, like, what you did I think was wrong, according to my justice and my preferences is wrong, but I don't know that I can say that it's universally wrong what you've done to me. Does that make sense at all? And then you get all kinds of other little things like, is there really significance? Is there really purpose? Like, when you listen to Sam Harris talk about, like, the meaning of life, like, the meaning of life is simply the meaning that you ascribe to it in that moment. There's no actual true meaning because, again, if you came from nothing, you were turning into nothing. There's it, it, nothing really to hold you accountable, right? Because at the end of the day, you're just biology, right? And so it's hard for you, if you're just biology, you're not a self, you're just biology, to go to another piece of biology and try to hold that biology accountable for what they did that they didn't choose to do anyway. It was already determined. Does that make sense? I just need you to know what you're getting yourself into, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying this is what they say. This is what they believe, and I'm just trying to quote from them. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a summary statement from Richard Dawkins that kind of summarizes this whole idea that ultimately life came from nothing. Actually, something came from nothing. The Something turned into life. Life grew into something else, and now there's all these just implications. This is what he said. He says, think about it. On one planet, and possibly only one planet, in the entire universe, molecules that would normally make nothing more than complicated, or more nothing more complicated than, than a chunk of rock, they somehow gathered themselves together into chunks of rock-sized matter of such staggering complexity that they're capable of running and jumping and swimming and flying and seeing and hearing, capturing and eating other such animated chunks of complexity that are capable in some cases of thinking and feeling and falling in love and yet other with yet other chunks of complex matter which which and, and here because when you read that you're like wait a minute is he making fun of himself i don't need. No, he's totally just trying to explain what he believes this was not a this wasn't like a funny haha tongue-in-cheek moment well it was almost as if he was trying to say wow that's pretty crazy which i would say yeah that is pretty crazy like and remember what I said earlier it's not that you don't have any if you're an atheist, you have to have a level of faith because faith just means that I need to believe without all evidence and without all facts, because there's a lot of things that you would say, well, you believe that, but you actually can't prove all of that. And there's no absolute evidence to support all of that. And so you're filling in ideas and theories to make up what you don't quite know, what you don't quite understand. And that's okay. Like that's what we do as Christians. We can't give and provide evidence for everything that we believe. But as an atheist, you can't always provide. And so there's a certain level of like faith. I have some evidence and then I make a decision based on the some evidence that I have. Does that make sense? And so now here's the deal. And, and, and I'm, I'm doing okay on time. So here, here's the deal: a couple, a couple things about this worldview that you need to like, just kind of wrestle with. Because if you ever felt like, okay, I don't know if I believe in God, but I don't, I, don't, I just I'm going to be a nothing. But again, it has implications. And so many of you are like, well, wait a minute. Well, I don't believe that. Well, that's what they say. If you want to be a good atheist, you have to believe. now it's not what I said because I don't know this stuff. I'm just telling you what they said. But here's what I know resonates with most anybody who heard just what I said, is that something doesn't set right with you about that. You're like, wait a minute. Well, I know I didn't believe in God, but I don't believe in that. But that's where you end up moving as you move into that nothing category. And what you find is this. It's actually impossible to live this way. I want you to think about that. No one actually lives that way. Like Dawkins, Hitchens, They don't live like they're just biology. I'll prove it to you. If you're married, go home. Try to treat your wife like she's biology. And see how that works out. See how long you're married. If you have children, they're going to be in my office for counseling soon. If you go home and start treating them like they're just biology. You can't just treat the whole world as if they're biology. Because if there's no morality and no value, no whatever, you start treating. Because eventually, if you treat other people like they're just biology, then other biology is going to lock you up and put you in a in a place where you're alone with your biology so you can't you can't actually live that like think about like there's no there's no free will you don't live that way you don't even know what's to even if it was all determined you don't know what's determined so as a matter of fact listen to what hawking said stephen hawking said this really funny clever little thought he goes i've noticed that even people who claim that everything is predestined and that we can do nothing to change it they still look before they cross the road so you can't actually live, you can't, what I mean is like you can't function that way. You can believe it, but it's really hard to actually keep living and functioning and, and interacting and engaging with life that way. It's really hard to get your mind wrapped around that and say, you know, I'm just going to believe as if all things are biology and there's no, ju- and there's, I'm just going to go that way. The second thing that I find is this, is that you hope this isn't true. You hope that this isn't true. it's, It's kind of depressing, I guess I could put it that way. It's kind of a depressing worldview. You're like, wow, this is kind of sad. This is why the atheistic philosophers, they refer to it as the absurdity of life. Because life without true meaning or true significance or true purpose or true value of any kind is kind of an absurd life. Like, there's no point to it. So what are we even doing here? Which, if you think about that long enough, you'll be depressed. So when we think through all these, now here, here, now, like I need to say something though, just because it's depressing doesn't mean it's not true, right? Like the Raiders will be better than the Niners this year. That's depressing, but it's still true, right? Like, so just because something is depressing, just because something is like, doesn't sit well with you, is uncomfortable. It doesn't mean it's not true. So I'm not saying that just because it's a depressing worldview that it's wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think it's kind of depressing. And I'm saying I don't think that you can actually live that way. I don't think it's a functional way to live life. But if you want to believe that, these are the tenets of your belief system based on what the smartest guys in that field Say That's just, and that's all I wanted to do is share that with you. I'm not trying to tell you, hey, I'm right and they're wrong. They're smarter guys than I am. I guarantee it. If I had a, I've listened to Sam Harris sometimes, and I literally like had to like rewind it, but like, I don't even understand what he just said. The, these guys are so smart, and they're so brilliant, and they're so bright. I'm telling you, they're, they're so, so, so incredibly smart. I'm just telling you this is what they say, and this is what they believe, and I need you to be aware of it, because if you move away from something, you need to know that you're moving forward closer or towards something else. And that's the something else that you, in essence, end up moving towards. Now, I'm going to close with this, because this is the biggest warning that I want to give you today. If you ever felt like, I struggle with my faith, I struggle with my doubts, and some of you, depending on where you're like, I struggle with my doubts, you're like, I'm struggling anymore, I don't want that. But, or I don't believe any of that stuff, so I'm not struggling with that anymore. Maybe, maybe you just, here's, here's what I really want to talk to you about now. If you struggle with your faith, I want you to begin to question why you struggle with your faith. Because when I talk to people and engage in conversation, what most people do is they start giving me um, their science, their knowledge, their insight. They start quoting smarter people than me, and they, start, they have all their intellectual reasons. But but what most studies have found is, is that people walk away from their faith not mostly because of intellectual reasons. Actually, they walk away from their faith because of emotional reasons. And I don't know that that's the best way for you to make decisions, I ever made an emotional decision and regretted it a little bit later, yeah. So, um, and here's why. There was this one study done, and they just asked people randomly, like, hey, do you have, like, animosity towards God or anger towards God or any of that stuff? And what was funny was is in the study, what it showed was is that the majority of people who were angry at God were atheists, which makes you think, okay, like, I don't believe in unicorns, but I've never been mad at a unicorn. Why would you be mad at God if you truly believe God didn't exist? If it didn't do anything more than reveal? that maybe. Maybe my issue with God is not purely intellectual. It might be emotional. Was I disappointed? Did I feel like God didn't do it right? Did I feel like when I look at evil and suffering in the world and that messes with me on the inside? And all that's fair. And so we'll even talk about some of that stuff. But today I just wanted to like challenge you. Like, this is what you're saying. This is what you're moving towards. These are the implications of moving away from God and moving towards something different, something away from God. And not only is it not functional, not only is it kind of depressing, but like you need to like question and challenge your heart. Like, am I doing it purely for intellectual reasons or is there an emotional component to it? And I'll tell you, not not only maybe an emotional component, maybe there's something even different in it. And I wanna read you a quote from another atheistic philosopher. His name is Thomas Nagel. And he said something that I think was so huge and I appreciate his honesty. Like, I love what he said. This is what he said in his book. He said this, he goes, I want atheism to be true. And I'm made uneasy by the fact that some of the most intelligent and well-informed people I know are religious believers. It isn't just that I don't believe in God and naturally hope that I'm right in my belief. It's that I hope there is no God. I don't want there to be a God. I don't want the universe to be like that. I so love that honesty because what he was really saying was, hey, I know I've got my intellectual things, but clearly like in my heart, which would be yourself, which you don't really have, but because you're just neurons firing. But in my firing neurons, something is there that says I don't want there to be a God. And the only thing in my mind, which I might not have, the only thing in, in my brain that occurs to me is to say, Pride is what keeps me then from believing in God. If I don't want there to be a God, not only do I want to be right, because I mean, anytime you argue, you just want to be right. That's the point of arguing, isn't it? I want to be right. But deeper than that, he goes, I I, I, I don't want there to be a God. Why? Because when you have God in in, in your universe, all of a sudden there is something bigger than you. There's something beyond you. That implies that there is some level of purpose or morality or significance or meaning or some type of eternal existence possibly or my life now has some level of accountability and what is it that doesn't sit right in my brain what is it that doesn't feel right in my emotions that would make me not want God in my life and so the question I think that you need to wrestle with is this is it that I can't believe or is it that I won't believe that's the question that I want you to wrestle with because moving towards God I'm telling you that whole thing where we said man I hope this isn't true do you know where your only hope is the only hope there is for this true sense of objective justice or morality or value, significance and meaning and purpose and all these things, the only hope there is for that is if God is really, really real. Now, I'm just talking about God in general. Next week, I'm going to tell you why I do believe in God. I'm going to tell you why I think there's like legitimate evidence that points to the existence of God. Not just, I'm not going to tell you the Bible says so. I'm going to tell you that I think there's legitimate evidence. And I would say this is that if you're a good gambler and you go to Vegas, you would bet on God. That's what we'll talk about next week. But for now, what I want you to wrestle with is the question of, of why maybe have I moved into nothing. Is it something that the church did? Because it's probably not something that Jesus did. It's just something that dumb church people did. Or is it something that like, it's not purely intellectual. It's partially, at least partially, emotional as to why I've moved away from nothing. Stephen Hawking said something really funny when he talked about Christianity and theism and, and talking about God. He said this, he said, heaven is a fairy story for people who are afraid of the dark. And they took that quote to John Lennox and they said, would you like to give a quote in response to that? And he said, yes. He goes, atheism is a fairy story for people afraid of the light. Um, just something for you to wrestle with. If you have questions, call me, email me. I love to chat, love having coffee, love talking to people, I'm not saying I'm right about everything. I'm not saying I'm smarter than you. I'm not saying I know everything. I'm not, but I love you. And I'd love to have a conversation with you if you'd like. Uh, Let's pray this morning. Dear God, I thank you. That God, sometimes you bring things in our path and you challenge us and you make us think differently. And so God, I just pray for every person here, Lord God, that, that if they were out here today and that they were struggling with their faith, that maybe God, you're stirring up something in their heart and in their mind and that you're challenging maybe some of their preconceived notions and ideas. And the Lord God, I just pray that they might be a little more open today than they were before today that God, they would be open to you. God, if, they, if there were people in here today who were kind of like back and forth at times, God, I pray, pray that their faith was, was strengthened just a little bit. I pray for those who were in here and were full of faith and gusto, Lord God, but they just maybe learned something new, Lord God. I pray that you would take this message and have your way. Do what it is that you do, God. And Lord God, if I have offended anybody, God, forgive me. That was not my intent. Lord God, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen, amen. Give Lord a big hand clap this morning. Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.